Jaws Obsession, Episode 4, where we're here to share with you, prove to you, convince you, or remind you that Jaws is the greatest movie of all time. And the countdown to Episode 20 continues, Episode 4. If you'd like to reach out to us at the Jaws Obsession here, you can go to JawsOB.com, Jaws, the letters OB.com. Write to us at JawsOB2025 at gmail.com. We have links to all of these over on our contacts page at JawsOB.com. You can get an invite. Come join us over at the Discord server. Uh, when I do these shows, I'm usually on both uh, the Discord server and Telegram channels. If you catch me on there, you can always ask me a question. Maybe we can actually uh, get a question in while these shows are being recorded. And the platforms continue to grow where we can find the Jaws Obsession. Uh, aside from Podbean, Spotify, Amazon Music, Audible... Um, there's a couple more platforms in the works. We're hoping to be on Pandora soon. Uh, right now we are on YouTube. There are many ways to find the show. And if you know anyone that is a fan of Jaws or anyone that would be interested, uh, point them over to here because we are going to need everyone together. This is going to be our rallying show for what we have going on because we're going to need everybody in on this. Episode 20 obviously is going to be the big reveal. Some of you have asked why episode 20 just come out and say it right now. That can't, the reason why I chose episode 20 is there is a lot of wheels in motion um, behind the scenes trying to get caught up. We have to get our sea legs here on the Jaws obsession. And that's pretty much, it put me on a clock and I work better when there is pressure. So Episode 20 is the clock, and we're doing a weekly show. So if this is episode four, we have 16 more weeks to go, and that is the clock that I'm on in order to get 
all the wheels correctly in motion that we hit the ground running by episode 20. Uh, Everything will make sense when you hear it. And of course, during episode 20, another clock will start. And that is going to be something that will lead to, which we will know, which will be something that's going to be a big event in the Jaws world. And that's what we are doing here. We're a lot more than just the broadcast with the Jaws is the greatest movie of all time, which is how it originally intended. Now, there's something else going on here that's a lot bigger. It's a lot bigger than myself. It's a lot bigger than just one person. This is a whole community, the Jaws fan community coming together. And we're going to have to make this work. Um, it just It's the right time and the place. It needs to be done. And I'm excited. I'm excited for this opportunity to be here and uh, to be able to be in this position because we're going to be doing something that no other fan base for a movie has ever done before. Not to my knowledge. So that will all be revealed in episode 20. In that time, we have to get everybody together. We have to get people following uh, the show and let's get people on board. On that note, I have a little something here. If you have ever lost a child on a beach even for a brief second. Jaws is for you. If you have ever had a nervous first day on the job and fell out of place, the movie Jaws is for you. If you have ever tried to warn someone of a situation that you knew was going to be dangerous and they just didn't listen, Jaws is for you. If you have ever had a disagreement with a politician or a political machine, Jaws is the movie for you. If you have ever been in a career for a lifetime, and now you see the new generation coming up behind you, well, Jaws is for you. Likewise, if you have ever been new to a career, and you had to work with a seasoned veteran of that field, Jaws is for you. If you have ever had a really bad day at work, and you came home exhausted and defeated, Jaws is definitely for you. If you ever spent time on the water, or worked on a crew, and felt the camaraderie and closeness that was created. Jaws is the movie for you. If you have ever been swimming in the deep and looked down to see nothing but felt you were watched by something, Jaws is for you. If you have ever been afloat on the water and you wondered what you look like on the surface by whatever is lurking below, then Jaws is for you. And finally, if you have ever had to face your greatest fear or fears, fear of heights, fear of water, fear of electricity, a fear of failure, a fear of rejection, a fear of defeat, all in order to protect, care for, or support your family and loved ones. Jaws is for you. Like Brody pulling the trigger on the final round in the chamber of the M1 Garand, you also can accomplish something impossible or achieve a goal that is seemingly unattainable. Buy a new house, obtain a college degree, raise a child into a young man or woman, get a raise, write a book, create a painting, All of these are victories in a life full of marauding sharks of self-doubt looking to take you down. That's what is special about Jaws. Jaws is not just a monster shark movie. It's a people movie that just happens to have a monster shark in it. It was a film made by the hands of real people working against impossible odds. About one man working against impossible odds. Such is life. Now, if you have listened to this list of reasons and still feel Jaws isn't the movie for you, Just live life a little while longer. In time, you will realize Jaws is the movie for you. A little something I 
was thinking about the other day and wanted to uh, get out there. Maybe we'll make this into a Jaws philosophy show. Uh, let's get to some emails here. Hello, I'm going to have to disagree with you on the flasher theory. I think that beeping was just added in for dramatic effect, so at night you could hear and see the flashing. Great show. Thanks. Dean, Syracuse, New York. Well, Dean writes in, and he's obviously referring to episode two uh, regarding the uh, SDU-5E strobe light. Um, if you haven't listened to that, go back and listen to that podcast. Um, he is, uh, he, Dean, I think you, you uh, I think I agree with you more than you think because it, it was, the beeping was used for dramatic effect. I did a little digging into the screenplay because I just wanted to see, stamp some final thoughts into uh, if the flasher was going to play a more prominent role in the movie. And um, I did notice what, when it was referenced, it was referenced as uh, in scene 183, a close-up angle on Hooper. He finds what he's looking for, a small, powerful strobe unit, waterproofed, a miniature signal beacon. He triggers it, and it begins to pulse with light. We can see even in the sun. Uh, Hooper scampers to the foredeck and begins to rig the light to the first barrel as the shark begins to surface near the bow. Uh, then you cut to, then we cut to, uh, let's see, if then if you flip through the screenplay, you go to 187, scene 187, exterior orca, open sea, uh, on the open sea at night, throttled back to slow ahead, the boat circles the water endlessly, staying over the shark like an avenging angel. Its running lights gleam in the night, and the glow lights the interior of the pilot house. A bright strobe glints on the water, winking once like a firefly. One, scene 188, interior pilot house, night. Brody and Hooper at the table, Quint at the wheel, keeping his eye on the light. Quint says, he's up again. Quint corrects course slightly to keep the barrel buoy in sight. So there was a, so there, there was scenes that were not filmed that there were in the screenplay of them actually watching, uh, watching the light played a role where they were tracking the light at night. Um, obviously they didn't go to this. They just cut right to after a dinner, after dinner inside the, inside the Orca. But the audible, the audible beep, as Dean suggested, which was used for dramatic effect, that's a, that's, I also believe it was to tell the audience that there was a signal being given off. Um, it's mentioned in the screenplay, it's a signal beacon, and not just a visual light, but a signal that could be honed in with the gear that we saw Hooper use on his boat during this night scene investigation of Ben Gardner's boat. So we were uh, we had foreshadowing where Hooper had all this scientific gear, and he was honing in on um, uh, like a fish finder, and he was honing in on you know a larger larger objects that were out there. So he was actually using his gear in the Ben Gardner boat scene earlier in the movie. So I don't see how this um, how this couldn't have played a better role had they had more time, or maybe they got the shark working. And they didn't need to go to this little bit of a subplot that they had alluded to in these scenes. Thanks for the letter. It's a great comment uh, from Dean. We encourage more of that type of active listening and interaction with the show. Agreements or disagreements, it doesn't matter. We're here to talk about Jaws. And that's the best part. Um, let's see here. I got another email here from No Name. Uh, how can... How can Jaws be the greatest movie ever when the shark looks fake AF? Well, what does AF mean? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I know what AF means. I might be, I might be 
older, but I'm not that out of touch. And it's a family show. We're not going to get into all that. So let's let's just take this statement for what it is. How can Jaws be the greatest movie ever when the shark looks fake AF? So I'm going to assume that whoever uh, sent this in is of the younger generations, uh, since he's speaking in acronyms, or he or she. And the younger generations, I've noticed that uh, that they have they're used to digital, they're used to everything digital, uh, CGI, computer generated images, to tell the story in today's movies. When there were there was no computer, there was no CGI back in 1974 when they made Jaws. So I wanted to get into this a little bit because it that that email reminded me of. So the expectation from younger generations that CGI, that CGI is the way to tell the story. And if it's not CGI, then it looks fake. Well, to my generation, I'm Generation X, and to even older generations, CGI looks fake and flat. And a lot of the times, in my opinion, the best, the best way to handle that would be a blend of the two where you have to have, you still have to have the foam and makeup and real artistry of creature creation, special effects, but it's backed up by CGI movies that have successfully tackled this. Um, the one off the top of my head would be the Lord of the Rings, uh, fellowship of the ring. Peter Jackson obviously tackled that with perfection on that. he would have uh, a, a, a front line of creatures coming at you with, masks and slime and all the lighting backed up by CGI of 10,000. So you have a whole army, but you're blending the two. So you are bringing reality into that situation. So CGI should be used to back up what is a real creature effect. So this email actually reminded me of an article that I remember seeing on the dailyjaws.com a few years back. We're looking at um, from February 25th, 2019, an article by Dean Newman called uh, Spruce Bruce Up with CGI Says Dreyfus. Uh, Matt Hooper may have been in Sharks, but it looks like the actor who played him in Jaws, Richard Dreyfus, is in CGI Sharks as he recently told Deadline that the beloved mechanical Bruce should get a CGI makeover. Interviewed at the Catalina Film Festival, the Oscar-winning actor said, quote, they should put the money into CGI to replace that beast and make it come alive. Is that blasphemy? No, no. I don't think so. The technology now could make the shark look as good as the rest of the movie. Still quoting. I think they should do it. It would be huge and it would open up the film to younger people. End quote. Mr. Newman goes on to write, It's of course all the more ironic as Catalina was the recent home of a Jaws exhibition celebrating the very practical effects of the first summer blockbuster and the talents of Jaws production designer Joe Elves. You can read about the incredible exhibition exhibition here. It includes a link to Night at the Jawsium, which was an article about that night. So do you think Jaws will be more accessible to young younger people with a CGI shark? Let's give the younger folks a bit of credit. They know a classic when they see it and can appreciate it for the time it was made. It's no different for the likes of The Exorcist or The Omen. There's no need to tamper with a classic. Otherwise, you take some of the, those intrinsic elements that gave it the classic status in the first place. 
and Mr. Newman is uh, correct. He's correct in that assessment. Um, and Mr. Dreyfus is, um, he's actually making an appeal to younger people. And I think that's where the mistake is to say, oh, we can go in and fix this. And we've seen that done in error, whether it's been with uh, Star Wars or E.T. or other movies. And that is uh, that leads us to our video clip. So go to Telegram channel, Jaws OB, Discord server, Jaws OB, hashtag 1973. You can follow that at the contacts page and get links to those. But uh, the video that I'm going to be referencing here is called Jaws the Revenge Shark Chase Sequence Visual Effects Redone. And this was from August 13th, 2018. This was also featured on the article of the dailyjaws.com um, by Dean Newman. So I'm going to, I'm going to post a link to this and the link to the video in our show notes so you can go and watch this video. But in this video, it uh, premiered on Joe Blow Originals on YouTube. And uh, let's see here. Jaws of Revenge, Shark Chase Sequence, Visual Effects Redone. Shark Sharks took a bite out of the box office the past weekend with the Meg ruling the cinematic ocean, a standard set by the original summer movie, Jaws, uh, by the original summer movie, Jaws. However, the subsequent sequels dropped off in quality from one to the next with the last one, Jaws for the Revenge, scraping the bottom of the ocean floor when it, come, when it comes to, well, everything, but specifically the god-awful shark that was used in the movie. Not only does it look like a trauma reject puppet, but it somehow also roars. It was the nail in the coffin for the franchise, even with Michael Caine's presence, where it has remained lost at sea. Now it's getting a second life thanks to Steve Clark and his team at CKV Effects, who have recreated, recreated the shark for the chase scene at the end of Jaws for the Revenge. It's a stark contrast and shows just how much, the cha- how much has changed in the 20 years when it comes to visual effects. It shows the potential of what the film could have been given a bigger budget, and, well, time travel. As much as we can admire some of the old effects effects works of years past, there are some films that just begging to get a second chance, and this one fits in the bill perfectly. Take a look and enjoy. So when you watch this, it plays, um, it plays the uh, shark chase sequence where Michael Brody, uh, played by Lance Guest, is being chased through a... Um, across the, uh, through the water, he's in scuba gear and he's being chased through a sunken ship by the shark. And it's a split, it's a split frame. So it shows what this visual effects company did. They, they removed the fake shark or the, the mechanical shark that was created back in 1987 for Jaws the Revenge. And they've put in a CGI great white. And as impressive as it looks, what this actually shows is the fatal flaw of what visual effects can do when it brings in, when they try to make everything seem so real. Now, if you watch this, we are all, we all are very, com- very comfortable now with the look of a great white shark. And uh, if you've watched after decades now decades of shark week we all know the great whites they're not as menacing looking as they used to be because we are familiar with them so here you watch this i want everybody to go over and watch this video um jaws the revenge was a train wreck the shark they used was a train wreck this is so this is not we're not talking about jaws we're talking about jaws the revenge here um that they remade this sequence 
and it does look impressive with what they did, but they used a real great white shark in that it has kind of like this this hunky-dory smile that great whites have when their jaw is slack and they're just kind of cruising. They have kind of like this smile, and it's kind of just, you know, cruising along after Michael Brody, who's swimming for his life. And it's to me, it's kind of comical. It looks kind of funny because we know great whites are not aggressive like this. We know great whites will not, um, they will not track someone through a sunken ship, but we are now seeing a real great white do that. So it actually looks just as comical. And that's where the mistake was, which, which Mr. Dreyfus is making, thinking that if you remove Bruce, the mechanical shark that was used in Jaws, and you spruce him up and make and, and spruce him up with CGI and put a CGI shark into into play. The mistake I think what what they would do is they would try to make it look real. And the the thing about Jaws is Jaws is a what I I always say Jaws is a hyperactive reality movie. Okay, hyperactive as in let's look at the different definition of hyperactive. It's um, according to Merriam's-Webster Dictionary, we have hyperactive is uh, affected with or exhibiting hyperactivity, more active than is usual or desirable, Intricru- intricately or elaborately designed or detailed. And if you look at hyper, hyper uh, mean above, beyond, excessively or excessive, excessive reality, intricately or elaborately designed reality hyperactive reality and that's where the magic of jaws is it's not a it's a it's a amity island it's a fictional island but it's based on a real island okay you have um uh you have the blowing up of a compressed air tank which we know would not do that if you've we've watched the uh mythbusters special on jaws okay we have the we of course we have a fictional island, we have everything is kind of a little bit larger than life. Um, and then when you look at the shark, the shark is obviously the size. It's it's bigger than a, a great an average great white, but it has it has jowls on the side of its mouth, where it, where a real great white doesn't. The the gill slits on the shark and jaws they're actually inverted they're reversed if you look at the gills of a great white the the slits are usually straight up and down um but this the the gill slits on uh bruce the shark they actually hook to the back of the shark instead of hook to the front you have a massive dorsal fin and absolutely massive pectoral fins which are out of proportion of what a real great white would have but we don't care because what happens is it takes this real thing and it makes it hyperactive and that triggers our imagination. That triggers the terrifying aspect of the scenes where we do see the shark. And um, of course it's the director's job to not rely on that as much of which Steven Spielberg did not. And we got a taste of the shark and that was just enough. So Jaws still works. The younger generation, aside from our anonymous emailer, um, might think it looks 
looks fake on the on its front, it still is a real creature that was in the water coming up out at Brody when he's throwing the chum into the water. That's what got the reaction back then. That's what still gets the reaction back then. I still watch people jump to that scene when I go see revival screenings. So that's where, when we look at Jaws, when we look at Jaws today, if we are going to do more Jaws things, if we are going to do more work into the Jaws world, we're going to have to look at it as a hyperactive reality. And we're going to have to embrace that because that's, it's, you have to toe that line. It's a fine line to walk because you can be so hyperactive that you pogo or you just fall into. You, don't, you just, just don't pogo into absurdity. You could just trip and fall into absurdity. Kind of like Meg, kind of like Deep Blue Sea. I don't know why the shark movies of today have to do this. They, if they rely on CGI way too much, it really looks phony. Um, or they get really obnoxious with the size of the shark. Or when they create an actual real shark, an animatronic shark, like they did with Deep Blue Sea, and um, they even did it with the USS Indianapolis film uh, with Nicolas Cage. Yes, even in the USS Indianapolis Men of Courage movie from 2016, if you look at the sharks in that, I don't know why studios have to do this, but they're always, they're never... um, biologically correct they are always kind of a a morph a hybrid of great white and mako shark long teeth big black eyes uh extreme point but size and it doesn't matter what they're trying what shark they're trying to convey they always kind of come out with the same one and so they take that hyperactive reality and they even though they're trying to make it real they keep thinking, oh, we got to make it terrifying. We got to make it terrifying. Sharks can be terrifying enough if they are put in the correct situation. And it's not needed that, that uh, embellishment, um, embellishment is not needed in certain situations like men of courage. But for some reason, they always do it. To me, Jaws is its own world. Amity is its own island. That is our, it's our own reality. And in that reality, we have Bruce the shark, which is that is Jaws. You cannot replace that. You cannot take that out. and You cannot put a uh, CGI of a real great white in there. You do not get the same effect. People might say, oh, wow, look at how they did that. You messed with the movie. It's not going to have the same effect. So that is proved here with Jaws the Revenge chase sequence, visual effects redone. I urge everybody to go watch the video. And that's the beauty of Jaws is the is the world that it created and all the little philosophies that exist in there. And I'm glad we were able to touch on that with emails to the show. So please keep writing in and we'll see. Well, I hit the wrong button here. A what? Oh man, we got a lot of sound effects here. Tiger shark. Get out of that boat. Yep. That's what we do on the Jaws Obsession. We have sound effects everywhere. So, so with that. Show me the way to go Take it away, gentlemen. And the movie Jaws is copyrighted property of Universal Studios. Any reference and sampling from the movie Jaws in this episode is intended to fall within Section 107 of the Copyright Act. 
Copyrighted materials are fairly used for the purpose of criticism, comment, reporting, teaching, and research. The materials used here are protected by the fair use guidelines of Section 107 of the Copyright Act, all rights reserved to the copyright owners. So uh, let's see here. Remember to go to JawsOB.com. Follow the links on the contact page to our Telegram Discord channels. Uh, let's get um, everybody who's listening. Make sure you follow the show on whatever platform you're listening to. Like the show. Um, rate it up there with uh, as the best you can. And uh, let's spread the word. Tell people that you're listening to this. And uh, we have to all come together. So our march to episode 20 continues. Thank you for listening to episode four of the Jaws Obsession. Until next week, farewell and adieu. Show me the way to go home. Show me the way to go home. I'm tired. Of-